Hey, thanks for listening to the Berwyn AG Podcast. This podcast is a ministry of Christian Life Center in Berwyn, Illinois. Our goal is to create a real faith for the real world. We hope this podcast helps you grow closer to the Lord. For more information, you can visit our website, berwynag.org, or you can find us on all social media platforms at Berwyn AG. If you're blessed by what you hear today, be sure to share and subscribe. Thanks, and as always, God bless. chapter 4, verse 8. At one time in America, a woman took great pride in their cooking. That doesn't mean that they don't take pride in their cooking now, but at one time, that was the big deal for a woman to invent her own recipe and, or tweak an existing recipe to make it super special. Probably in those days, there weren't fast food joints on every corner. You couldn't uh, order a smorgasbord from a Thai place or Chinese place or burger joints or pizza. Mexican food, Mexican food, Mexican food, (laughs) shawarma. Literally, you can have anything delivered to your house nowadays. In those days, it wasn't the case, and so you ate what mom fixed. And so women took great pride in their cooking. And uh, they had county, at the county fair, they had contests for the pie. And uh, you've seen pictures of this and maybe in movies and that. And the contests about the pie were, they would, they would, they would uh, have the judges taste the pie, and then whosoever pie was the best, apple, blueberry, strawberry, rhubarb, whatever it was, doesn't that sound good this morning? Uh, 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 that pie... Uh, would, would be a blue ribbon winning pie, you know, pies, pies giving out, getting, uh, getting uh, uh, awards, and so uh, it, was a, it was a big deal. And in those days, you would ask somebody for a restaurant, oh, Millie, you must really give me the recipe for this, you know, and uh, sometimes because it was a little pride wrapped up in that restaurant, often a secret ingredient would be left out. It was a matter of pride that you could make it, the the pie would be good, but it wouldn't be great, right? You know what I'm saying? And so you would get get all the spices in in the recipe, but you wouldn't get the one thing that makes it distinctive because they wanted bragging rights for their pie recipe. And so the, the resulting pie would be good, not great. It would be nice, but it wouldn't stand out. It would be edible, but it wouldn't be phenomenal. And so uh, that secret ingredient was super important. Sometimes it feels like the generation that led us to Christ gave us the recipe for Christian living, but they left out the secret ingredient. Our generation uh, is trying to live for Christ as much as we can, and uh, but there's something that transforms, there's a secret ingredient that transforms our faith into something that is distinctive, that stands out above all the others, that makes it a blue ribbon winning faith, that makes it, uh, well, really makes us transformers of the world. Sometimes uh, we like to live in a tame, comfortable space, and uh, we try to fly below the, the attack of the the uh, enemy and try to stay out of spiritual warfare, try to play it safe. 
We are believers and we are followers of Jesus. We are students of Scripture, but we aren't transformers of our world. These days we live in a post-Christian America, a time when believers in Jesus are vilified for their worldview, a time when people who once called for tolerance now call us judgmental, anti-science, Islamophobic, homophobic, ignorant, all manner of things. And many Christians are falling away from their nominal faith because it's no longer received by the people around them. It's worrisome. There's a story in Acts chapter 4 that reveals the secret ingredient to faith. And it's probably not what you think it is. And so we're going to read from Acts chapter 4, verse 8, and and follow down through verse 14. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel. It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. And when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled and ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. Let's pray. Father, I pray that your word would go forth this morning and that you would stir something in us that makes us distinctive, that reveals the family recipe, Lord, that reveals something that makes us different than everyone else on the planet, Lord, because you've put it in us, Lord. God, may we exercise this thing that you've placed on the inside of us. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen. I want you to raise your hand if you agree and put your hand, keep your hand down if you disagree with these statements, okay? How many of you agree, would agree with this statement, blessed are the poor and the humble? Raise your hand. If you, raise your hand if you agree, okay? Uh, how about this statement? It is better to give than to receive. Raise your hand if you agree with that. Yeah, better to give than to receive. Uh, judge not or you'll be judged. Raise your hands with that one. You agree with that one? Yeah. Uh, I should love my neighbor as myself. Raise your hand if that's something you agree with. Yeah. Injustice should be addressed. Raise your hand if you agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Injustice should be addressed. Most of us would agree with these statements, but we don't really live by them. Like when I say, blessed are the poor in spirit and the humble, most of us seek more stuff rather than to be poor, rather than to be humble. We have on our agenda that we want to acquire more stuff. In fact, the truth be told, many of us have more stuff than we want. We have garages full of it, storage sheds full of stuff that we need to be getting rid of, and yet our lifestyle is always seeking for more, always getting for something else, always reaching out for something more, and it kind of betrays that we that while we hold to the intellectual agreement that it's better to be poor and better to be humble, we aspire to be rich and famous, right? 
Remember, lifestyles of the rich and famous, right? We love to receive. Everybody loves to get a gift. But if it's truly more blessed to give than receive, then why do we have to be cajoled or talked into giving if that's really something that we believe? Why, when injustice crops up in front of us, is it so hard for us to step out and straighten that out? Why, when we have the opportunity to judge others, do we not check ourselves so that judgment doesn't fall upon us in our house? Why do we find it so much easier to love ourselves and our kind and our own rather than our neighbors? That's, there's a reason. The reason is because we lack the secret ingredient. I don't know if you caught the secret ingredient there in Acts chapter 4. The secret ingredient is they saw their courage. Their courage. Somebody says, well, I think in that passage of Scripture, I think the secret ingredient is that they're filled with the Holy Spirit. But the reality of it is, even though they were filled with the Holy Spirit, what was noticed by the Pharisees and the Sadducees was not that they were filled with the Holy Spirit, but that they were bold, that they were full of, that they were courageous in the way they engaged things. And I would venture to say there are people in this place who consider them spirit-filled people who don't have courage and don't step out when given the opportunity. Courage is the secret ingredient. Boldness is the secret ingredient. Confidence is the secret ingredient. All these things flow out of this sense of courage. And if you will, just with me for a few moments this morning, ponder in your mind, why is it that I don't step out and live the way I ought to? And could it be that it's because I'm more of a coward than I'm really willing to admit? I know that's a poke in the chest. I know that's a little bit of slam to your faith. You're welcome. That's my gift. <laughs> it turns out that courage is the thing that transforms faith that you have in your mind into action in your life. Courage is the thing that makes you say, I believe that so much that I'm going to act upon it and I'm going to live that way. And if it makes me different than everybody else in the room, everybody else in my family, everybody else at my job, I'm still willing to live like that because I have this courageous nature. Courage is the ability to overcome anxiety. I can't help but think about Jesus when He comes walking. He sends His disciples across the lake. Remember the story in Mark 6? Sends His disciples across the lake. You guys go, and then Jesus hangs back, and then in the night, Jesus comes walking out on the, on the lake. Right? And you know somebody in the back of the boat screams, Ah! It's a ghost! Now, Listen, I don't know if you've ever been on the lake and seen a ghost, but have you ever been in your house and heard a weird noise? You know, that thing that's on the inside of you, like, what's that? The other day I was in the garage down at the farm, I was laying around on, uh, underneath a, a piece of equipment, and as I was laying there trying to work on something, I heard a noise behind me, and uh, it was, I knew it wasn't a ghost, but I, whatever it was, I didn't want to have it run across my face, you know, whatever it was. 
We are afraid of things like that, you know. So Jesus right away says to them as he's walking, he hears them freaking out, you know. And he says, what does he say to them? He says, take courage. Take courage. Think about what Jesus is saying there. Take, own, grab a hold of, receive and take it, make it your own. Take courage. That means life is a smorgasbord and at any moment you can choose something else. When things aren't working out for you, when you're going through a difficult time, when you're scared by weird noises in the middle of the night, when you see an apparition as you're crossing the lake, whatever it is, you're on your business, you're on your way doing something, and something puts you off a little bit. You have a choice. You can take fear or you can take courage. Jesus recommends take courage. No matter what you're facing, take courage. You have to be the one that chooses that. It's not that God downloads the courage into your soul and says you have no choice but to be courageous. He says, I'll give you the boldness. Now you have the option to be courageous. You can freak out and run around like a sissy and cry in the corner and get into the fetal position and whine and complain. You can do all that stuff or you can take courage. Right? Think about it, if you will, for a moment. Jesus is giving us the opportunity to embrace this courageous nature. There are many things that cause us to fear. Many anxieties that face us. We have to look courageously. We have to believe so strongly in the truth that God has given us in His Word that we believe and, and hold fast to that and begin to walk out to, to grab a hold of this courage and make it our own. We can't react out of fear. We have physical resources that are woven into the life of every human being. You've heard of the fight or flight uh, response, right? The fight or flight response is natural. Every one of you have it. Something happens, the kitchen bursts into flame. You either fight the fire or you flee the fire, right? One or the other. You have two choices run out of the room. Or, or embrace that and, and don't throw water in the grease fire, but do whatever you can to put that fire out. The idea here is that it's woven. In, that's in the natural realm. Every single one of us have that. So courageous, courageousness, is having this courage on the inside of us is something that, that is a part of who we are. And yet at the same time, we have to recognize there's a supernatural source that has to override the the natural fight-or-flight resource. There's a supernatural resource that comes into us. This courage comes down to us from heaven. That's why all cultures recognize heroic valentry. All cultures on the face of the earth will say, well, here's the, what normal people do, but then there was this guy. He may have had a bone in his nose or a feather on his side of his head. He may have been dressed this way or that way. He may have, not, may have been known this way. But every culture recognizes a man or a woman who is super valiant, who is heroic, who excels in this courage. There is something supernatural about courage when we grab a hold of it. It's like it opens the door up for God's Spirit to work on the inside of us to give us the ability of possibilities that are beyond our understanding in the natural. And so it's almost like a supernatural door opening to say, if I will step out and encourage, then the Holy Spirit can work in my life and download things and do miracles through me, do miracles in, the, in my life if I'm courageous and I embrace this. 
It's completely contrary to most of our natural responses. On the sign outside my door at the farm, I have a sign that someone gave me when I had cancer. It's a picture of John Wayne, and it says, Courage is being afraid, but mounting up anyway. You see, it's not the lack of fear, it's the suppression of fear and the choosing to believe the best, not the worst. Choosing not to run through your mind all the things that could go uh, you know, bump in the night, all the things that could go wrong in your life. Not to run through all those things, but choose to believe that things are going to be better. Choose to believe that, that you're going to have the courage to embrace this thing and move forward into it. Courage is the strength to remain constant in the face of grief and pain. There's a fortitude that must be summoned and exercised whenever we face Difficulty. There is something that says, it's not enough for me to have the promise of God. I have to embrace the promise of God and say, I believe that to the extent that I'm going to live like that's true in my life. Sometimes it's the pain of societal pressure, the pushback from being a Christian. Sometimes it's not being able to stand up under the expectations of other people. Sometimes it's simply letting yourself down. Sometimes it's, it's defying culture around you. Sometimes the pain comes from refusing to buy the underlying lie that's underneath so much that drives our culture. Things like more is better or busyness makes success. I've heard it said, and I can agree in the years of my ministry, I've never heard someone on their deathbed say to me, I wish I could do one more business deal. We long for more time spent with family, but we don't look for one more business deal. But that's not what our culture says. If you can just make your next million, that'll, that'll make it all better. Courage isn't the absence of fear. Courage is the overcoming of fear. So here, let me give you what, i got six, six things here you can write down. Ways to get courage. Keys to courage. Number one, put your eyes on God because God is where your courage comes from. It doesn't come from the inside of you. It's not something you muster up. It's something that you have to take. God is offering it to you. Take courage. Number two, model Jesus and the martyrs. Notice how... Uh, James faces down the, the uh, inevitable stoning that's coming his way. Watch Jesus as he's going to the cross, who for the joy set before him endured the agony and the pain and the grief of the cross. All the things that could go wrong on the way to the cross. Jesus is just thinking of one thing, getting you and I to heaven with him. So when we think of that, we, 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 have, to, we have, to, have to model our lives after that. We have to live prayed up so that we aren't deceived by the culture. That's one thing they noticed about these disciples, that they were, they were not extraordinary men. Not, they were ignorant, actually, is the word there in the Greek. They were ignorant, unschooled, ignorant men, but they, but they knew that they had been with Jesus. They recognized that they had been with Jesus. Spend some time with Jesus and let the courage rub rub off on you when you spend time with Him in prayer. Number four, remember that God is rich in power. No matter what you're facing, God's power can get you through that. Number five, be patient. Suffer for a long time. The Greek word 
patience is translated in the King James Version, long-suffering. And it's really important for us to recognize that long-suffering means suffering long. We don't live in drive-through Christianity. You can't hit a button and have it delivered to your house the next day. God is not Amazon Prime. And so you have to... There's something that happens in the downloading of of patience and the waiting on God for the promise to be fulfilled. There's something that happens on the inside of your soul that you desperately need. But once that is, is released in you, this courage that comes on the inside of you is something that stirs up and you become a person who can face the impossible. The, the sixth thing, be filled with the Spirit. Live your life filled with the Spirit. Don't wait for everything to, to explode in your life and then say, oh, I've got to go get filled with the Spirit. Live your life filled with the Spirit now. Live your, yourself a Spirit-filled life. See, the problem is, we don't get to choose when the opportunity for courage comes. Right? There's middle of the night. Something goes bump in the night. You have to go down and confront whatever's bumping around in your house, right? You don't get to say, you know what? It's Friday night. You know, I don't really feel like doing this. Hey, can you come back another day when I feel more like confronting you? That's not what courage does. Courage doesn't back down and say, I'm not ready for it. Courage says, I'm going to take the opportunity right now to rise to the occasion that has presented itself. When the doctor gives you a, a diagnosis that you don't like, you have to rise to that occasion. You don't want to deal with that. And I've never heard somebody say, you know, my cancer came at just the perfect time. No one ever says that. How stinking inconvenient is this sickness that suddenly frosted upon this lawsuit that comes to me? How, how inconvenient for that? I didn't need my car to break down today of all days. But you've got to rise to that occasion and you have to say, I'm going to be a man or a woman of courage. I'm going to be a person who looks beyond what could go wrong and embraces the promise of God. That God, who is ever present with me, who will never leave me nor forsake me, will walk me through this and I can hold my head high and I don't have to panic. We're dealt a hand. We're placed in a situation that requires courageous acts. It may not be something that you're particularly passionate about, but you might have to rise to the occasion. If you see somebody being sexually trafficked, you're going to have to rise up and, and rise to that occasion. You're going to have to snatch that child away from that pervert that's out there. And You say, well, I don't want to get in a fight. Well, it's too bad. You've been placed there in that place. You're going to have to rise to that occasion and do what's right. Oh, pastor, shouldn't we just call the government? You're right, they'll be there in 25 minutes. It's not a problem. You, you can wait and just hold off the bad things. If you can. But you're still going to have to be the person who stands in the way. We need to learn how to confront injustice. He's shown you, O oh man. That's what it says in Micah 6. What is good and what the Lord requires of you but to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly before God. If we aren't doing that, if we aren't living that life, if we aren't embracing that, 
then we're not doing what God has shown us that we should do. So we have to embrace that. We have to stand. We have to not laugh at the joke that everyone else laughs at. We have to be bolder than that. We have to say, I don't think that's funny. You say, well, I'll just be a stick in the mud then. People won't like me. Wah. Let me be honest with you, some of them don't like you anyway. We need to have courage to confront injustice. We need to be people who have some intestinal fortitude on the inside who stand up and say, I'm not going for that. I'm not moving any further than that. If we're going to be Christians, if we want the secret to to live in the Christian life that makes a difference in the world, that transforms the world, we have to be people who say, not it's a good and fine thing to listen to a sermon and hear all the promises and in church on Sunday, we have to say, okay, now help me, God, to pull myself up by my bootstraps and put on those promises and say, I believe that and I'm going to live like that. That means I should love people who smell bad. I should love people who take from me. I should give to people who are trying to steal from me. I should, I should embrace what it is that, that Christ has called me to be. Otherwise, I'm just another coward misrepresenting who Christ is on the earth. We need to take a stand for truth in our workplace. There's always somebody who's trying to get you to fudge this or lie about that or let's just not tell them about that. You have to take a stand. That's not true. You say, Was that, is that really that dangerous? Yeah, God is the God of truth. So every lie is an offense to Him. We have to take a stand in order to embrace spiritual warfare. See, when we have when we take a stand, then spiritual warfare comes against us. We can, we can take our stand with that clear conscience and say, I know what I've done is right. Instead of cowering and saying, well, you're right, devil, I'm no good. We need to live for the kingdom rather than live for the world. We need to live like a giver, not like a taker. We need to be the leader and not the follower. We can't just be sucked into following after the culture in the direction that it's going. Because, a little clarity here, it's going to hell. So if you just get in line behind the culture, you're marching down that same street. You say, well, I'm a church member. I attended Sunday school. I filled out a card and signed my name on the bottom. Listen, you've got to live like you believe. It's not easy to speak up. It's easy to be quiet. It's easy not to care about people. It's easy not to be compassionate. It's easy not to help. It's easy not to be a change agent. But God didn't promise that it would be easy. We have to have courage. We have to have courage to make our life count so that when we're dead, Somebody says, well, I'm really going to miss that guy. We have to be, have courage to be used in the gifts. Do you know how many times in the Christian service, and just in a, in a service time, how many Christians have walked up to me and said, you know, I felt like the Lord wanted me to give this word, but I didn't give it in the middle of service. You should be ticked off about You should be very angry because that word was for you. But you'll never hear it. You know why? 
cowardice. Well, I know. You think it's hard to listen to, you should try preaching it. But when God starts stirring something on the inside of you, you got to step out. How, oh, God, give me a gift of prophecy. Well, I don't want to prophesy negative things. I don't want to tell people bad things. I don't want to point out people's sin. Hey, that's the job of the prophet. You said that you wanted to be a prophet. There you go. Point out somebody's sin to them. Well, oh, maybe I don't want to be a prophet. Maybe I just want to be, I don't know, a greeter at the door. Really, it's, we can, we, we almost never have trouble getting, getting people to sign up for things like being an usher, being a greeter. Those are important things. We need people in those positions. We don't, almost never have problems with those people, putting those people in. But get somebody where they have to be courageous. I'm going to go confront this person because they haven't been in church for the last four weeks. I'm going to tell them, listen, you're living your life selfishly. I'm going to go confront this guy because I don't like the way he's treating his wife. Yeah, that, that line thins out pretty bad. It's, it's important for us to be people of courage, to face bad news. Because if you can't face bad news, then you don't believe the good news. It's truth. You have, to, you have to believe that even when someone gives you the bad news, there's still a God who's in your corner rooting for your side. I don't think, Mike, I don't think we're going to sell many of these messages today on the CD. I don't think we'll be selling many of these because uh, I think once is enough for most of these people. You have to have courage to pray. Hebrews 4, verse 16 says, Let us then approach God's throne with grace, throne of grace, with confidence, with courage, with boldness, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. It takes grace and confidence and, and, and courage to do all those things. We have to push through. We have to get into this, this mindset that even though it's not comfortable, I'm going to live for Jesus. Right? We, this moves... Christianity out of your Sunday morning experience and puts you into your Monday morning grind. And that's where it needs to be, frankly, friend. You know, you're not going to win anybody to the Lord if you're hiding in the corner, afraid to tell anybody about your trust and your faith in Jesus. Live like you believe. It's going to be more than a bumper sticker on your car, more than a sweatshirt or a t shirt that you're wearing. Has to be a lifestyle. Has to be courageous. People have to look at it. People in every culture appreciate ballantry. So we have to be bold. We have to be strong. For the Lord our God is with us. Will you bow your head with me in prayer? Thanks for listening. We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. We take pride in creating free content that will hopefully enrich your life and lead you closer to the heart of the Father. If you were blessed by what you heard today, 
Help us continue to make content just like this by sharing, subscribing, and if you feel led, by contributing financially on our website, berwinag.org. As always, if there's anything that we can do to help you in your walk with the Lord, contact us on our website, berwinag.org, or on social media at berwinag. Thanks again for listening, and God bless.